Hi friends, Brittany Renew here, local real estate expert with Premier Sotheby's International Realty. I am super excited to launch this next episode of the St. Pete Soul podcast. If you know me at all, you know that my favorite place in town is Craft Cafe. I have been gluten-free for, I'd say about nine, nine or ten years now. And being from a small, smaller town in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, there was not a ton of options regarding gluten-free lifestyle when it comes to local restaurants. So moving to St. Pete, I found there were a lot more awareness around it. But then I found Craft Cafe, which is 100% dedicated gluten-free cafe, uh, they specialize in, you know, bakery items, uh, amazing coffee. It's really just heaven on earth. So um, I knew that I really wanted to interview the owner of Craft Cafe when I launched this podcast. That was definitely high on the list. So I'm happy to say that I made that happen and it is the fourth episode. So without further ado, I will introduce you to Teddy and you're going to love him. Hi, Teddy. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, appreciate you. <laughs> anyone that knows me knows I'm obsessed with craft, so this is like my favorite place. Five-year love affair. Yeah. The feeling's mutual. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to start and kind of like get a little bit of your story, your background. Mm -hmm. Um, from what I know, your family's well-known family in the area for restaurants. So I'd love to, for you to share kind of So that. the story of us coming to Florida. So I was born and raised in Astoria, Queens, New York. Okay. My parents both came here from Greece. And uh, my dad had restaurants in New York. Probably retired in his early 30s. I was seven, eight years old the first time I came to St. Petersburg. Okay. So, my parents were supposed to go to Puerto Rico, I think, on a vacation. And there was a tropical storm, so the flight got canceled, and my father wanted to get away from New York. And he's, he told his travel agent, just pick anywhere where it's sunny. Oh, my God. So, he, they got him, you know, a room at the Don Cesar on St. Pete Beach. Good spot. And they, they were supposed to stay a week, right? And I was in New York going to school with my grandmother. And they stayed almost a month. <laughs> they bought a condo that was being developed at Nisla del Sol. Mm -hmm. And then my dad bought a condo for my mother's parents, my grandparents. So, there was, so they had like access lower level and okay. we could all, always go down there during the winter. And it started a journey that, you know, still continues, you know, still living because of this. So we drove by uh, where our restaurant Skitters is mm -hmm. on, on Gulf Boulevard and it was a bank, it was closed. And the first time my dad drove by the property, he's like, that should be a restaurant. I can't believe it's not a restaurant. <laughs> and it was always a hard time eating in Florida, especially then in the 80s as there was no Italian bakery yet. Mm -hmm. Like Casa del Pane opened on St. Pete Beach like a couple of years after we started coming down here. And he would always tell me, he wanted a restaurant where kids and the parents can eat, everyone can eat. So that was like the inception. For me, it was like, I was just curious listening to him talking and he wanted to please, like to make something so good that everybody could go to every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So like not too many restaurants, you could have a pizza, a gyro platter, homemade lasagna, mm -hmm. grouper francais, chilling sea bass, rack of lamb, like a chicken marsala, like the menus, wow. or, or a grilled cheese, if you want, you know what I mean? Anything that you could possibly Yeah, want. so the idea, he wanted to open them up in like beach towns in Florida, but like he came down here with like three partners, his brother, my godfather, and within a year, everybody just abandoned him and bought the <laughs> restaurant. So I stayed in New York and my parents for like a good six, seven years, we're here in Florida, and I would oh, my, uh, my summers, I would spend them working at Skitters all day long with my dad. Okay. And I call it like, like Skitters University, where... <laughs> and I worked with my dad in Manhattan. At our, we have a coffee shop, Park Cafe, on 55th and 7th. So my first day of work, and this is like my tagline when 
ever I, we hire anyone, mm -hmm. it's the ethos of Crafts. So it was like 5.30 in the morning, we're about to open up, and he goes to open the front door, and he's like, come here. I'm like, what's up, ba? He's like, you see this door? I'm like, yeah, it's a door. He's like, no, in his Greek accent, whoever chooses to come here can go to a thousand other restaurants. You have to respect this, always. So I'm 43 years old, 30 years later, and every day I think about it. So like when I see you, I'm grateful that I see you. Or if I don't see you, I'm like, oh, how's she doing? I think of so many people throughout like a course of a day. And most of the times I manifest people, which is like really fun. Because hmm. no, that's, that's like cool. that, that good vibe. So yep. Skitters has been open 28 years. I came here. So I started working on Wall Street. I went to Fordham University. I worked on Wall Street. I was a proprietary trader. I was there in 9-11. Oh, you were there. I got out of the train station at World Trade Center, the end train, at 8.35. So oh, my I, God. I, like, my experience, I don't want to get into that, but yeah. crazy day. Like, yeah. I walked outside. I had just finished a Tom Clancy novel about anthrax, the subway system. That was Monday, September 10th. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm, I think I'm going to start riding my bike from Queens to, you know, Wall Street. Yeah. And I was, like, debating. So, like, September 11th. I was running late. I didn't, the market was dead. It was like, mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, should I go to work today? I'm like, all right, fine. So like, I was running late. I would always get to work 7, 7.30. So I'm going up the stairs. I'm like, I'm a paranoid person. I'm making fun of myself. I got upstairs on the sidewalk, September 11th, and someone hit me and I turned around to punch because I thought they were trying to take my book bag, yep. <laughs> my bag. Yep. And there's these two ladies crying and they're running for their life. I look up and there's papers everywhere and I thought the Yankees didn't win the World Series yet, right? Because of <laughs> yeah. the parade, like yeah. I would go all the time. And uh, as I look to my right, I see like a swivel office chair burnt, just fall like right next to me. And I'll oh never, that, that image I can still see it to this day. And I walked across the street, there was a guy looking up because I couldn't see it where I was from. So I had to run across the street. I'm like, what happened? And he's like, oh, I think a helicopter or a small plane hit us, hit the World Trade yeah. Center. I got so mad at him. I'm like, if an effing fly hits the World Trade Center, it's not an accident. And he's like, relax. And I, it's like one of those moments where I got, I was, I was trying to think who I knew that I worked there. I was there like the month before. My cousin's husband, she had just got married. He was working on the 70th floor of the first building that got hit. So I called my uncle. I'm like, where's Chris? He's like, he just moved. He's not there. I'm like, thank God. Mm. I got such anxiety. I just started jogging, and an envelope fell in my hands like 10 blocks away. It was like 98th floor of some company. Because yes. I kept dropping papers because they had people's names, and I didn't want to look at the names. Mm -hmm. And I stuck it in my book bag, and I went to work. <laughs> and I was like, and I was thinking, is there a dirty bomb going to be in the city? I'm like, eh. And the second plane went right by our building. We saw it, like I saw it live, and then I looked at the, our TV screen, and it went right, you know. And oh the, my God. But as a New Yorker, that's, after the first, uh, the first building fell, it was like night outside, so I went to the bathroom to make a mask with the paper towels. Mm -hmm. And there's an older gentleman, he was on my trading floor, and I, I didn't really talk to him that much. And heavy accent, he's like, my friend, what you doing? I'm like, I'm making a mask. We've got to get out of here. Who knows what else is going to happen? Yeah. He said, can you walk me to the Brooklyn Bridge? I'm like, of course, let's go. So this is another New York irony. On 9-11, I'm like, where are you from, sir? He goes, yeah. I'm from Turkey. A Greek and a Turk walked home together. <laughs> <laughs> Mortal historical enemies. Yeah, yeah. But, wow. And I've never seen, like, thousands of people on Broadway and it was quieter than a library <laughs> and I was so proud that like nobody looted nobody did anything yeah. it was like a coming together moment yep. so yeah. wow. after this happened like I worked another couple of years trading didn't like the fact that I was getting you know robbed by uh, the New York Stock Exchange specialists and uh, I decided if I can make a good food like say pancakes and a thousand people eat them, and 990, 995 will be happy. I can go home and be happy when I look in the mirror instead of being right 100% and losing money half the time or being upset. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I changed my focus on what I wanted to do with my life, industry-wise. Wow. So I, I came, I started coming down here like a lot in 03, 04. I wanted to like, we were supposed to buy and beach drive some properties for restaurants. And it was like, that, that one, one thing didn't work out. And then in 2010, something else didn't work out. And I felt like Craft Cafe was like my legacy project where the third time I'm not letting this go. Like, I have to do it. So I got older, had more capital. And for me, like, Craft Cafe is, it's 20 years in the making in my head. I tore my ACL when I was, you know, 18, 17. And I always read about inflammation in the body and gluten kept coming up as a key word. So... I looked at my dad, I remember, we had a diner coffee shop. I'm like, why don't we do an organic breakfast place? You know, there's a spot on 7th Avenue and 52nd Street. And I told him, my uncle, his other partner, and they're just looking at him like, what the hell is gluten-free? <laughs> they had no clue what, you know. Yeah. And that's what, it's something satisfying about knowing. Just like my father, before he opened up Skitters, he saw it. So, like, for five years, we would drive by this building, I don't know if story, and... It was winter time in New York, like February. I had sprint, like a winter break. He, he looked at me and my mother. He's like, get in the car. We're driving to Florida. If the building's there, I'm buying it. Oh and that's God. how, like, we came down, called up the number, and the rest is history, like 20, 30 years later, you know. Wow. So that, I'm blessed in the sense, like, you know, my role model, my hero is my father, my mother, you know, my parents that when something's organic and you see the same people working for you 30 years later, or my dad's partner's 40 years in Manhattan, and we go to Greece and they're eating and having drinking together, and that mutual respect, I love that team building and relationship aspect. Yeah, yeah, the community side of it, because like when you were talking about, when you see, you see the same people coming, oh, coming this, here, having those regulars there, here. There's no amount of money that can buy, like, you can't buy accomplishment. You have to earn that. Yeah. And you can't buy respect. You have to earn it. And somebody's, that, that friendship and relationship, it has to come to, it, it works both ways, you know? Yeah. Uh, do you feel, I, I feel like um, St. Pete is really unique in that way where we do have a really strong community. Um, and it's, I feel like it's easy to get to know people here. I, like so one of my last, I went back to New York in 06 or 07 to like, for my mother's sake, which I still haven't gotten a physical degree paper-wise, mm -hmm. but I had one class left. I have like a major in economics, a minor in some, something business, I don't even remember. <laughs> but I had to take one class and I was walking around the block from my house to go to the gym. It was like a beautiful day. And going up the stairs to the gym and my cousin calls me up and he's like, Teddy, you okay? I'm like, yeah, what happened? He's like, oh, my wife's sister saw you smiling. She thought something was wrong with you. <laughs> and I looked, and I'll never forget. I'm like, Saki, I think I'm going to leave New York because <laughs> I can't deal with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that sums up New York in a heartbeat. Like, I would be on the subway smiling at people, and they'd be like, what's your problem? Or, you know, oh, like... Just a different culture. So the vibe here, like... Craft Cafe did not happen in New York where I was bred and born in, mm -hmm. but the community gave me that belief that I could do that here. Yeah. And I'm forever grateful for that. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, so you, you kind of touched on this. So this has been like your passion project for so long. Oh, yeah. I, I, would, um, I, I had ankle surgery in 2012, right? And I'm in crutches. I'm going through the supermarket because I want to get out of the house. And where do people that have celiac disease like is there a bakery for them right no. and I'm like in the freezer section I'm just looking I'm like I see gluten free donuts yeah some I don't even know if calling pastries or whatever so I and I bought one of everything for my due diligence I mean like, these are not that great like mm -hmm. and I'd go in the cookie section like you're drying you're buying food out of a cardboard box right yeah like, it would be cool, like, to have a bakery where I grew up in New York and I'd go around the block and there was a French bakery, an Italian bakery, or a Greek bakery, you know, if I wanted to find, you know, Korean food, I can find a Korean bakery, mm -hmm. like, any ethnicity, it was at my disposal. And here, 
I, it, it hit me. I'm like, if I have to do that one day. That was like always on my bucket list. So what? I went to Bronx High School of Science in New York City. And while I was applying to college, it was my sophomore year. And my mother's like, what do you want to do? So I'm like, I think I want to go become a baker. Like there's, there's a school in France, you know, there's a school in uh, upstate New York. And I was looking all over, like specifically to bake. Yeah. And she's like, you're going to become fat like your grandfather. <laughs> and like a dummy. I'm like, okay, I guess when I get older and I have money, I just want to like make a baker and then just feed you know, kids in school. Like, you know, that'll be my passion yeah. project. So it's like, it's been a process of my parents not wanting me to work in a restaurant and me just constantly being drawn back into... Well, that's funny the, the, because it's a they run restaurants, so yeah, they're where, trying like, to deter you from Yeah, it. they're trying to deter me because <laughs> there is no Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Or like the, our downtown location, the first 14 months, I had five days off. Mm. My average work week was 80 hours. Ooh, yeah. It would go to 100 sometimes. And <laughs> like the first location, I worked eight months straight. And the kids literally, like the one morning I walked in and they just pushed me out. They're like, no. Yeah. And, you know, that was like a watershed moment that... They, like, we got this. Yeah, like, it's very endearing. Like, the staff, I call it, the environment that I've wanted to create for any my workplace is like a dojo environment, right? Where the group, the collective, controls themselves because I've, I tried so hard. That's why I was there every day to set a tone. Mm -hmm. And these are, like, kind of the rules to abide but there's things you cannot step out of the circle. You can't yeah. mistreat a person. People are hungry. I call it hangry. Like we, you, in our business, and I wish society in general, empathy is the most underrated thing for any society. We need empathy, because only through empathy can we have a good conversation. If something goes sideways, why should we fight instead of trying to figure out the solution? And my goal is, if somebody chose to come here, I'm gonna do everything I can for them to come back or like at least feel happy that they came in. Yeah. And it, it upsets me if, you know, something goes wrong or somebody forgets somebody's drink. Like yeah. I'll, I'll try to make it up and then some because there's something romantic about food. It's like sacred. It is, yeah. I think you, when you mentioned like working a hundred hours a week, it's like if you don't have that passion for food, you're not gonna, no. you're not gonna make it. It's pretty much anything in life, but especially yeah. in the food industry, like the, it, it it takes for to be successful like there's people that have great ideas and sometimes I'm not I'm not envious at all but I really admire people that do something and they do it so easily and I have maybe an OCD where <laughs> I care and I want to make sure every part of it is well thought out and it's I'm still relatively young it's a, it's been a balancing act of work life home life like trying to figure out the best way to be effective, you know, yeah. for my enterprise or my journey in life. Yeah. So, well, I know it sounds like you've, you had it as a passion project for a really long time, but as far as like when you actually started taking steps to create the name, find the building, like how long was that process before you opened the first location? So the, the first location, and I, I, I don't know if I'm snake bit, but it, it took like a year and a half because of permit <laughs> and then the contractor. Oh. And I, I bought a rationale oven because those are like the best ovens and they're combi like that you can steam and bake and you can control your bake where in old school ovens you have to every 10 minutes turn the pan around. So I was looking for something st stupid proof, but also, you know, for the quality to ensure that I can be consistent, you know, and every time we do something. So the city of St. Petersburg, the fire marshals, they did a great job of not understanding what this thing is. Like they were the only municipality in the United States or on earth <laughs> requiring things that you shouldn't. Yeah. So the first time I was naive, it took like six, seven months just for the oven. And then I had to spend $30,000 for this special hood. And then, mm -hmm. so it took about almost a year and a half. Okay. And we opened up in 2015, and then I signed a, a lease for our downtown location in 2016, the next year, and it took me two years. 
over two years old. Oh, no, I didn't. I I didn't realize you signed the lease here in two thousand six. I bought the I bought the spot. You know, people say put your money where your mouth is, and <laughs> I I came to dinner at the mill like when it first opened, and I know the chef Ted, and we used to talk about a break. There's no breakfast spots in downtown St. Petersburg, right? Mm-hmm. And he was at the Zamora Hotel when we were having this conversation, like, two years prior to that. And we started talking, and he's like, I found a breakfast spot. And then I guess he has partners, so he wasn't supposed to say anything. So he just, he just walked away from me, like, what, what did he just do? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Oops. Uh, all right. But curiosity killed the cat sometimes, right? Like, yeah. I walked down the block, and I had parked across where the James Museum is mm-hmm. and I walked by where it used to be Pata Negra yeah. and the mill was packed and Pata Negra was empty and I just laughed I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I know where, you just, where, where your breakfast spot is and I yeah. walked in and I introduced myself to the owner <laughs> uh, like it's strange how life works and you yeah. know like one little thing that you start can yeah. have a chain reaction in so many other ways. Well, that's what I always say. What you focus on expands. So that yeah. it's like when you so, start looking for something, it's... And it's I would never have known here. about it. If I didn't go to dinner at the mill to wish good yeah. luck, because I love Ted and their food is so good. Yeah. So, and that found me like what I, what I feel for the brand of craft is it's the flagship. Like mm-hmm. we're, I, I love St. Petersburg. I believe we're in the best city on the west coast of florida by far yeah and i agree <laughs> it's not you know, like the vibe everything about it it's i i believe in it yeah that's you know. awesome so wow so you took a leap of faith trying to open a second location really fast then i, I the, faster the, the, than it appeared to the public yeah the, the community yeah. of saint pete like we opened up and i was making my, I'm like my own worst enemy. So I had bought gelato equipment for the first location. I was making gelato when we first opened. Oh, wow, okay. There's a marble chilled counter that I was, was going to be making truffles in front of the customers. Oh, wow. And within three months, we're in business. If you're not flexible, you will break, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't have room for the ice cream equipment. I had a pasteurizer. I was doing things from A to Z. No, like the whole ethos of craft, we mill our own flour, is not to buy anything ready-made from anybody. Like other than the drinks, which if I ever get the opportunity, I'll be my own drink provider as well, beverages. Yeah. Like in terms of like kombucha, soda. So three months into it, got rid of the gelato equipment. It's still in storage, like over $100,000 worth of stuff. I flew down this... One of the best people I've ever met, Gianluigi Delaccio. He's in, uh, he's in D.C. I forgot the name of his uh, gelato places, but he's made gelato for President Bush, President Obama. And this gentleman cool. stayed at my house three days. And like, I paid him. I took a course in New York City, and I paid him to come so I can make sure the equipment's live to train staff. Okay. So he was like a consultant. He came, yeah, he, he came here and... We're trying to make salted caramel gelato, and he did something like, can I try something? And I did like a hack, but I never went to culinary school, but I love food. Yeah. And I did something, and it was safe to say that my salted caramel was exactly what salted caramel should taste like. It was amazing. And his got clumpy. I'm like, I think yours is going to clump up, right? And he just looked at me. And after that, he gave me all his recipes, like his master stick. Oh, my god! Because, like, you just showed me something. That's amazing. <laughs> so I felt like such a kinship. It was like a validation of my love for gelato that I wanted to do. And I'm not doing it, which is the irony of the whole st- <laughs> So That's, that's cool, though. <laughs> and, like, I wanted to be the baker of our cafe. Yeah. And I was supposed to have a, one of my good friends who's supposed to work, like, partner up with me and worked the front of the house and then he had an opportunity to sell used cars so like two weeks before we opened he walked away so I'm like oh man and now my baker my partner Eddie Eddie, I had the doors open and 
I see this couple riding their bikes in front of the store, and I went, they were looking in, so I went to run to get them, but they went by, right? Mm -hmm. It's like 10 minutes later, they come out again, and I run out, I'm like, hey guys, you know, you wanna try the coffee? Like, we was playing with the espresso machine. And I got them coffee, I'm like, where are you from? He's like, from Connecticut. And he was a chef at Black Island at the Manassas Hotel. He had just moved here. He wanted oh. to get out of the restaurant business to go in the insurance industry. He was burnt out. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I feel your pain. Restaurants are not fun, you know? Mm-hmm. There's always... It's a roller coaster it's, it's a, it's a, it's a grind. <laughs> yeah. And he was telling me he had his own chickens and making homemade pasta. And I had like little twinkling stars. I was like in love. I'm like, <laughs> so we exchanged numbers. I'm like, listen, if anything ever happens, give me a call. So my dad's friends had brought this kid that went to culinary school from Greece and lied about his age. I thought I was getting someone in their 30s. Then it became 20s. Then when I picked up the kid from the airport, he's 19, 20 years old. And he's like thick-headed, wouldn't listen to anything I said. Yeah. So we opened up that first week or like the fourth day it was a Sunday. And he killed my starter for the bread that I was making wouldn't sift the flour that I was telling him to sift. Like just, and I'm the barista now because I'm stuck because my friend that trained with me can't work. Yeah. (laughs) It it was an experience, right? Like you start something, oh, it'll be fun. Not that much. And as fate would have it, I was ready to fire this kid and the phone rings and it's Eddie. And I'm like, you want to come tomorrow morning? And I found like solace and that, you know, God sent me somebody at my moment because I was going to close for like a week, fire the kid, start baking myself to yeah. get ahead yeah. and then figure it out as I would go, basically. Yeah. But oh gosh, wow. I, I always like things happen and sometimes good, sometimes for the for worse. But in this case, it was like if I wanted to, I, I would I couldn't have made the phone ring with somebody qualified that understood. Yeah. You know? So I've been lucky with the staff, like we have people from day one, like Jason, that was my first empire that you met before. Yeah, you have great staff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Loyal people. It it, It seems. It makes me really happy. Yeah. So as far as like recipes go, was it a lot of stuff that you were testing or did you have collaboration with that? I, I think, so I call it like, when I say the ethos, like foundationally, with, Ed, with, with Eddie, right? It's really cool when you make a recipe and then someone takes it yeah. and then they talk to you about a recipe and then you make it and they make it and you haven't done it together and it's the same. Because <laughs> then there's trust. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just dialogue and like, okay, I bought all these ingredients. I'm thinking this and this. And when you have that kindred spirit, like, to me, he's like my other half. Like, uh, yeah, and a true partner. Yeah, yeah, like literally, we carrot cake recipe. I wrote down my grandmother's walnut pie. And I got organic carrots. I'm like, yo, Eddie. I saw. I went to this place. I forgot uh, in Manhattan. This lady was making olive oil cake. Let's do like this. And he looks like, oh, awesome. And like he makes it like yeah. one shot. And we're like, okay, he done. Just runs with That's it the recipe. It's awesome. Yeah, like our vegan, our vegan batter recipe we wrote the same thing it was hysterical i'm like what what the ratio and all it was was a ratio flax to water equals an egg that's all it was like one little conversation and we figured out and it's been evolving where we had this great baker like german ancestry and she was she she added things and we we and in, in terms of the flexibleness at the end of the day, it's the customers also. So people are asking for vegan options, asking yeah. for this. So when it was, it literally it was a lab, a laboratory test run. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, commercial bakeries maybe do like market research. We just did it live where we yeah. started with 10 items, went to 20, 30. See and, what people want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on any given day, like our bakery, we have like 40, 50 items, savory, sweet, vegan, non-dairy, yeah. like, and... It's not that easy. <laughs> it's, no. And we're still evolving. Like, we've made, like, lasagna, vegan mac and cheese, like, to, yeah, so those are because new, of COVID times. Right? Like, yeah. I call it COVID life. We're trying to deal with that, too. Yeah. So we're trying to create 
at least take dinner at home like for people and still use our most important asset which is our love for food to make yeah. it good yeah. we have the trust that we have like we want to keep earning it you know well i've always said that anyone that comes in here and has no idea that you're gluten-free I would have no idea tasting the product because it's so, so wow. good. My, my favorite story is at our first cafe, there was a family. And they came the first day, the second day. I, I forgot where they were from, Tennessee, somewhere. Yeah. And we made something new. Mm. You know, I took fresh, it was a cake, and I brought it to the table. I cut it in four. I'm like, guys, tell me what you think of this. Yeah. And the husband takes a bite. He's like, oh, man, that's awesome. I'm like, oh, not bad for gluten-free, right? And his wife is signaling to me, like, no, shut up. And he looked at me dead in the face. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, it's a gluten-free bakery. And she's like, what are you doing? He would never come here. And he's like, so you're telling me everything I've been eating for the last three days is gluten-free. And those are, like, funny moments in time that... Like, we've had people fly their private plane from the Hamptons to come to St. Pete to have breakfast for their kids that have celiac disease. Are you serious? And, I, yeah. I, oh, I, my gosh. And it, there's something powerful to be said where when we first opened, I, I said our customers are being born. They're not even born yet. And that's, that's the everlasting yeah. thing that, I'm, that I want, like, to see. When I see a couple that just got married, they had their their first child, their second child, and pregnant with a third child, and they're all eating. And the, you know, the babies are growing up, and they're like, I want a banana bread, I want a cookie, you know. Yeah. It's, yep. it's really, that's, that's the definition of organic. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. Like if you, I don't know how many, whoever's almost ready to pop always gets something from me if I see them. It's always for the baby. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> so it's like an investment in the. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm from Alabama originally, we've been here for five years, so, mm -hmm. you know, smaller town, so we didn't have a ton of options, gluten-free, where I lived, so when I moved here and found your place, I was just like, I'm in heaven, like, oh, yeah. I mean, and I think the movement's grown, you know, over the of years, course, but it's still, still lacking, and I just appreciate it's, your, it's I appreciate not everything that you do, <laughs> it's pretty amazing, um, so, I was going to ask, like, as far as having to train staff and that kind of aspect with celiac disease, I mean, what was that process like? you feel like it was easy or... Well, difficult? from our, our restaurant, Skitters, and it was 2007, I moved from New York officially, and my first week working there, this... this this lady, June Radcliffe, there was four ladies, and then we played bridge every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And the waitress comes up to me, this lady can't eat anything, go talk to her. You know, I don't know what this lady wants. So I go to the table, and I'm like, what are your, what are your allergies? And she's like, I have celiac disease. Mm -hmm. And the light bulb went off in my head. And she was literally, you know, customer one, or you know. Yeah. I'm like, what would you say if I made you homemade pizza tomorrow? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the dough tonight, and I'll make you a pizza oh tomorrow. Come for lunch. Oh, my gosh. And uh, she's like, you can do that? I'm like, of course. I want to do it because I've been talking about it for so long. You're my first. You're proof that You're proof, is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So make her the pizza. She writes me this long, like, beautiful homemade construction. She made with construction paper, a card, oh. butterfly stickers, <laughs> thanking me that she hadn't had pizza in, like, 15 years. Mm. And then I started buying... I bought a separate toaster and I was getting Udi's bread and I'm like, this is really dry. Like, and I'd make at home, but because Skitters wasn't, you know, there's flour in there. Yeah. I didn't want to start baking because then it's cross-contamination. But like we, we went within a year to like, from never serving anything that has you know, gluten, without gluten, like per se. Yeah. Three to four hundred items a week, whether it was pizza, pasta, breads, muffins, oh. and make some desserts. And that was like my test, my my test. Okay. And to see a family of let's say fifteen and two of the kids have celiac and they're coming breakfast and dinner because I would go and talk to every table. 
when I, and then I would train the staff. The gravy has flour in it. That's not gluten. And when we opened up Crafts, I didn't hire anybody that was not on board with that lifestyle. Or if you didn't have an idea, yeah. chances are you're not going to be working for yeah. us in that sense. Yeah. So it's like we manifested who works for us, and then other people started finding out, and one employee would bring someone else. <laughs> and I love that family environment where like, there's no uncertainty in the staff. They, they know yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And they haven't an idea they've was, got your back yeah and if somebody starts new we hammer them until mm-hmm. they understand yeah. yeah what what has dairy what doesn't have dairy what has nuts what doesn't have nuts like mm-hmm. we've printed like manuals like books yeah so they can literally look and see the recipe when a customer asks we show them the recipe okay so, so that they way can check for themselves yeah because sure. there's i found out that i asked this lady it was her birthday i'm like oh let me get you like what do you want I was gonna buy her a cupcake. She's like, I like chocolate. And I go to give her a chocolate flourless quinoa cupcake. Yeah. Thank God the barista, because I had just walked in, Teddy, don't give it to her. She's allergic to quinoa. Oh, I never heard that. I'm like, I almost yeah, murdered. That's not as I'm common. like, I almost murdered you. <laughs> trying to do something nice. Yeah. And I looked and I was grateful that she paid attention yeah. and heard that she was allergic and didn't let me, you know kick myself in the head yeah yeah but there's so many different and i think that we're i i always pay attention to the outlier because if you take care of the person that needs the most then that means you could take care of everyone else Mm -hmm. and that was like a fundamental like aspect i think in society is a good way to look at it but like for business if i can take care of the person that's the hardest to take care of yeah then it's I'm good. good. It's, it's that funnel. Yeah. That, that, then, then I've 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 encompassed the board where yeah. I'm ready for anything. Yeah. With COVID, obviously that impacted you guys. You know, reduced mm-hmm. capacity, all that kind of stuff. Um, what has that experience been like for you? Because you you were closed, open. You know, closing inside it's, again. It's been. I mean, nobody's ready for this situation. Yeah. Right. So. We, when it started, we never closed. Like, and then um, by the end of March, this customer came downtown, and she she gets a tea, and the 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 customer behind her is her neighbor, and she starts yelling at her, "What are you doing out of your house? You just got off a cruise," <laughs> and it was and. It gets weird when people, your customers are fighting with each other, yeah. right? Yep. So, my staff, I was inside the kitchen. They didn't tell me it happened. It was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. The lady shows up on a Saturday. Tissue in her hands, sneezing and coughing. And my staff that heard the thing on Thursday literally went like this. Oh, and this yeah. is when everybody was dying in New York City. Like, yeah, it was like it w- the worst. It, it's, the it worst. was at the, at the peak of fear, yeah. right? And I walk out of the kitchen and two of the staff are crying in the corner. They're petrified. And it broke my heart that I'm like, I, there's nothing I can do to protect. Like we had the window, we didn't let anyone inside. And we shut down for 10 days and figured out like, I was trying to, and this whole thing with the masks, trying to get the staff and customers on board. Mm-hmm. It's been probably the hardest situation mm-hmm. where I think we're one of the few countries where we have such a hard issue with a mask. The mask performance, yeah. And yeah. customers were calling up. I can't believe, you know, one of you wasn't wearing a mask. I'm like, I can't make everybody wear a mask. And it's that, that fine balance where I understand the mask so well that we have to bite the bullet. And I finally got the staff to get on board with me. And then we were letting people inside, and then a couple of the customers, when things ramped up again in end of June, July, they ended up in the, you know, we found out afterwards, because we didn't see them, that they had COVID, they were in the ICU. And it was once again like, okay, if you're eating and you're coming every day, you have to take off the mask to eat inside. Yeah. So it doesn't really... You're not mitigating the risk at that point. It's kind of, it's very wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. So, 
we're lucky enough for downtown to be able to run it from the window. We have a yeah. display. You have such a large area. Yeah. Our other location, we put the tables to the side. We let people come in so they can buy everything because the counter's set up differently. Okay. Yeah, and they can sit outside. Okay. And that's the, you know, we're trying our best. I put UV lights on our air conditioning system so there's no recirculation. And I wanted to do this beforehand for mold because Florida is horrible and, and it makes the air condition more efficient but it also kills viruses yeah and I'm trying to get a UV light on my water line but I'm having an issue with the building trying to figure out how to get to it <laughs> yeah because there's COVID in the sewer system so yeah. that's a yeah. whole other issue mm -hmm. right it's underrated so, yeah so well you mentioned the vegan lasagna mac and cheese so you're those are kind of some of the new items. Yeah, we, we, we made batch cocktails. So we're starting to batch. We bought bottles. So we'll start. I mean, we're trying to. It's, uh, it's sad when you don't see people out and you're trying to be industrious, but it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so kind of one last question you know as far as like maybe long-term visions that you have mm -hmm. like would you have you thought about other locations or expanding so any kind of vision in, like that in december i signed the lease for a tampa location on kennedy boulevard okay which is right across the from university of tampa the same okay. block as uh, oxford exchange that's great so i signed this lease then COVID happened now I have an issue with the city. It's a historic building, so Flybar's going in on the corner. Okay, yeah. And the city wants me to change the water pipe from one inch to a two inch line. And it was a, it's a small space, 700 square feet. And I'm dealing with that now. Okay. <laughs> I thought Another I would have been obstacle. open. So in January, I'm like, oh, by April, I'll be open. Memorial Day for sure, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's like round three. So I feel like not I'm snake bitten, but I, to the people that can open up a business right away, God bless because I haven't had that experience. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Many people have. That I'm 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 fighting and I'm, like a lot of hoops to jump through. And I we we signed another in January for our commissary, which is to have economies of scale and to be more consistent. So like we've trained two kitchens now, mm -hmm. where the staff if we put them in one spot. We, instead of one store, we can probably support 15 locations or sell to restaurants. Because okay. yeah. my original thing was, my father owns a restaurant. He has no idea what gluten-free is, the, con the concept, right? But if I can, I know restaurant owners, they want easy. So if you can make something better that they can buy from Cisco and it's local and it's cheaper yeah. and you, they know where it's coming from, you I call it like a system of arbitrage where I'm milling my flour to cut my costs where nobody really does that. Yeah. And I'm controlling where I buy my stuff from. Like, and that's, I believe in my, the philosophy that I have. It's like a mix of my father telling me when you have a chicken, you use all of it. You make broth, you take, yeah. you know, like he never tries to waste anything. Then as a, as a stock trader, I had to pay attention to every single detail so I could have any type of advantage. So I'm blessed in the sense that I'm using this in a capacity now where sometimes I joke that I'm overqualified for what I'm doing, but it's also really nice to be confident in you know, each step that I am taking. Well, you might say you're overqualified, but I say you're just delivering a superior product yeah, so yeah, and everyone like, appreciates yeah, it yeah like i've gone to nanotechnology conferences quantum physics oh uh, that's cool i've you know i could talk about so many different other things and but i love food so yeah. <laughs> that's and awesome. sometimes i'm scatterbrained i need to smack myself back to <laughs> all right just do this that's good enough focus focus <laughs> on this first yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well so something that I love to ask is kind of like put you on the hot, you know, hot mm -hmm. seat as far as favorite spots. Okay, so um, what would be your favorite like pizza place in St. Pete that you'd recommend? 
Of course. I don't. Do you actually? Do you? Are you 100% gluten free with your own diet? So this is this is the irony, right? If I eat pizza, I give myself 10 minutes. I will start sneezing. My nose will get so stuffed. Really? Okay. If okay. I eat gluten the second day, two days in a row, by the third day I get sick. Like okay. I'm not well. Yeah. So that was part of why I started this to box myself in. So I gained like 60 pounds from my ankle. I was like 240 pounds when I opened up the first craft. And by stopping eating gluten, right, I boxed myself in. Within a year, I was 165 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I felt great. Yeah. Like, but I was always like, I call it like round trips. I get hurt, I gain weight, then I lose it, right? So. I had knee surgery, my appendix almost burst two, three years ago, two years ago, then I had knee surgery last year, and I gained, I'm back to 20, and now I'm trying to go back down again, right? Yeah. So, pizza, like, I love my dad's pizza skitters, that it's like a pan crust pizza, so I'm always going to say that. Yeah. But, same pizza, great place, like, uh, now I forgot so I like the pizza at Cicio's. They have like a wild starter. Mm -hmm. It's really good. I thought that was good. I like I ate it, yeah. so I like test myself. <laughs> and even like Joey Brooklyn's, like like I would eat when I would go out. Yeah. But I haven't really done. I, I I'm trying not to go to get pizza anymore. Yeah. So I don't Try get sick. Good. You know. <laughs> yeah. But like I love Fresh Kitchen. I love Soho juice, like acai bowls, mm -hmm. like. I'm a foodie, like I like the mill, I like going, oh, I forgot the place down here that you go down, oh, Ichikoro's, yep. mm -hmm. I, like when Sea Salt first opened, I would go there, yeah. St. Pete, we have, we're, we're blessed in so many ways, mm -hmm. you know, there's spots everywhere. Yeah, there's, there really is, you know? I feel like we can't try Like from, compared to what I came to Florida and why, how we started at Skitters, like there's always like fried fish or... And now you see, like, the last 15 years, it's a renaissance, like, yeah. for the area. Yeah. For humanity in general, so. Um, all right, so what's your favorite spot to go, like, night out, get a cocktail, that type of place? I love, I, I love rooftops. So, like, the, I would always go to Level 11 on St. Pete Beach, mm -hmm. watch Sunset. And the... The Dewey Hotel opened up in Pasigrill, mm -hmm. and the lady she owns Mise en Place, I forgot her name, Adeline? Uh, I'm not sure. But she did an excellent job with that place. I've eaten there a couple of times. Really good. I haven't been there for good things, yeah. And I used to go to Trist, where, where, like the last three, four years when working so much, I've, and I had an ulcer, so I've stopped my alcohol consumption <laughs> considerably. Yeah, yeah. So I try not to go out, so I don't drink. Yeah. Because I am, I'm, I'm just a social drinker. Like, I won't drink at home by myself. Or... Yeah. yeah. All right, so if you, when you ever get days off from here, what's your go-to thing to do on a day off? So in a perfect world, you go to the beach, read a book, work out. Like, that's... I, because I'm, my parents are from Greece and I would go there all the time, like, I literally work so I could go on vacation. That's, like, my motto. Yeah. So, like... Work hard, play hard. Yeah, like, I, when I was working at Skitters, I would work 10 months, and then I'd go to Greece for two months if I could, or, like, six weeks. It's not normal, but, like, September in Florida, like, hurricane season, yeah. things die down, so I would escape. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. You know? So, I... Which I have to find a better way to find balance where to use my days off. Because I'm like kind of a feast or famine person and that's not good either. Yeah. So, you need to work in a yeah. day off yeah, yeah. every week or two at least. But like ideally like, it would be to work out, go to acupuncture, get a massage, do something for physically to keep mm. myself. Because I've felt the last two years my body like I've had these physical problems. So... I'm trying to reestablish that connection, that psychosomatic. Taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, without your body, your mind is not going to be right. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. <laughs> I love learning all the intricacies of your life and how you got to craft. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So. Thank um, you, honey. I'm
chewed your ear off for sure. <laughs> no, this has been awesome. Um, so how can people find you online? How can people find crap online? Oh, um, right your- now, like we could, we have a portal that you can order stuff. Mm-hmm. And is that off of your website? Yeah, off okay. our website, craftcafe.com, craft with a C, cafe with a K. And like the, the Instagram, the staff does. So yeah. my, my guy Jason, great. yeah. So like my guy Jason waits, he's like, so it's fun. Like the personality, like I started it with them and the whole idea is to be fun. So well, I, everyone needs to follow you online so they can keep tabs on all the yes. fun things that you oh, make. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much. I thank appreciate you, Brandon. Appreciate you, hon. Wasn't that such an awesome interview? He is like a ball of energy and his passion just like bleeds through. It was really kind of inspiring sitting in front of him hearing how hard he fought to make his dream come true. I mean, it took such a long time. And of course, you know, all the ups and downs of starting any business, he navigated it with grace and positivity and kept moving forward. And we all get to reap the benefits of his fabulous cafe. I know I'm very thankful for it. I'm probably there a couple times a week. And if you have not been, you have to go. Even if you're not gluten-free, you would have no idea. So I highly encourage you to check it out. It's a must-do in the city. Some of the best coffee in town, for sure. Definitely get a pour-over next time you're there. Thanks so much for listening. It means the world to me. I hope that you subscribe so you can keep up with new episodes as they get published. Um, Leave a review. Tell a friend. I would really appreciate it. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.